You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome to Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, September 20th. 2019. Very excited that uh, we have made it to the end of the week. That means that another Raiders game is right around the corner. Week three of the regular season. The Raiders take on the Minnesota Vikings first road game of the season and it's the first of many. 48 days away from the Coliseum for the Oakland Raiders. They'll be in Minnesota on Sunday and it's a 10 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. Central time it'll be noon and on the East Coast it'll be at 1 p.m. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough test. We'll talk about it in today's show. Matter of fact, let me give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about how it's going to go down on today's show coming up in segment number three your call straight off the locked on raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 been getting a lot of good stuff lately i've been getting a lot of good stuff by way of the locked on raider podcast voicemail line also been getting a lot of good stuff by way of twitter a lot of folks hit me up at your boy q254 again on twitter at your boy q254 so segment number three your calls and uh, your thoughts and your concerns everything that's on your mind that's coming up in segment number three Segment number two, going to have a little bit of a, a breakdown of the game, my keys to the game, how I think the Raiders can come away from a victory with a victory, talk about them offensively, talk about them defensively, just how they shake up, how they match up with the, with the Minnesota Vikings. You heard the crossover edition on Wednesday, and that was some good stuff right there. Gave you a nice little good insight on the Vikings, but I'm going to give you my keys to the game, what I think the Raiders should do. Not saying that that's what they're going to do. Because we saw on Sunday against the Chiefs, they didn't really do or stick to the game plan that your boy wrote out for them. But it's okay. It's okay because they're the coaches and I'm not. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I would do or what I think they should do, how they should approach this game on Sunday, and we'll see what they do. But uh, I will tell you how the Raiders come away with the victory on Sunday, how they move on to and be 2-1. and one. Here in segment number one, as always, news and notes of the day. Some Raiders related, some not so Raiders related. That's coming up right now in segment number one. So first and foremost... Right tackle, Trent Brown. He did not practice on Thursday. That's kind of concerning. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's been nursing a knee injury. But offensive coordinator Greg Olson says that he should be good to go for Sunday as far as he knows. Now, the only part of that that worries me is the end of it where he said, as far as he knows. Trent Brown needs to be a go, an absolute go for Sunday. If not, you're going to get Brandon Parker to fill in for him, or you're going to get David Sharp. Neither one of those guys. Brandon Parker or David Sharp, I don't know who I don't like more. I think David Sharp, I'd rather have him in there than Brandon Parker, but either way, it's a big letdown from Trent Brown. Trent Brown is the dude, and I know, like I said, he's dealing with a knee injury. Hopefully, he's able to power through that. Hopefully, that uh, having Thursday off was more of just a, a veteran day off and also getting some rest, and because he's a vet, he doesn't really need to practice all the time. So hopefully, Trent Brown will be fine for Sunday because the Raiders really going to need him in there. The uh, Vikings have a couple bookends that really can get after the quarterback, and so, uh, yeah, that's not something that you want to put 
Brandon Parker. You don't want to put him in that position, and you sure don't want to put David Sharp in that position either. Running back Josh Jacobs, he was limited in practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a hip injury, and John Gruden mistakenly said groin on Monday. And remember on uh, on Thursday's show, I said that he was listed as, as limited with a hip injury, but I remember that Gruden had said on Monday that it was a groin, so I wasn't sure which one it was, but Vic Tafer actually pointed it out that it w- was indeed a hip injury that uh, Jacobs is dealing with. But he did say he feels like he's going to be good to go on Sunday. Not only that, not only is Josh Jacobs dealing with a hip injury, but he put out on Instagram that he had been sick, like really sick, and he said that uh, he had lost 10 pounds. So you know that that means that he's just not eating nothing, he's not keeping anything in his system, but losing 10 pounds is a, is a major thing. That is a lot. So he's lost 10 pounds and he's dealing with the hip injury. It, it sounds like a very rough week for Josh Jacobs, but with all that being said, Vic Tafer still believes that he's going to be good to go on Sunday and he's definitely a guy that the Raiders need to see out there. If he's not out there, then boy, you're really in trouble. Then you only have Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, and uh, Alec Engle, the fullback. So it could really be a rough day as far as running the ball if you don't have your workhorse in Josh Jacobs. Another quick piece of news I wanted to pass along to you. I mentioned on Thursday about the trade for Trevor Davis, the wide receiver slash return man from the Green Bay Packers and how the Raiders gave up a 2026 round draft pick for him. Well, they had to make a roster move. If you're going to acquire a guy, you got to release a guy, right? So they let defensive back Justin Burris go. He was the guy that I mentioned just the other day that had signed on September 13th. So really, he literally signed like a week ago. It was a move for depth only, and now that depth is gone. So he is no longer on the roster. Uh, They made that move so they could put Trevor Davis on there. Got to keep it at a 53-man roster. And obviously on Sunday, there'll only be 47 men that are actually active, but you got to have 53 men. You can't go over that roster. So they had to make a move, and Justin Burris was the guy. He had to go. Trevor Davis now officially a member of the Oakland Raiders. Now, let me get to a little bit of news that is not Raider-related, but it is because we kind of talked about it on the podcast. Taco Charlton, he was waived by the Cowboys on Wednesday. Well, on Thursday, the Miami Dolphins, they picked him up off of waivers. He was a guy that I expected to pick up off waivers because, look, he was a first-round draft pick in 2017. Figured some team would have a need for him, and the Miami Dolphins were that team. They came calling for him. They picked him up, so now he's a member of the Miami Dolphins. We know the situation going on in Miami. Right now, at this point, man, they're just looking for some warm bodies. So Taco Charlton's going to get a chance to do his thing and see if if he can kind of jumpstart his career. And I'll tell you right now, there's not a whole lot going on in Miami, so maybe he'll have a little bit of something. Maybe he'll be able to provide a little bit of juice to that Dolphins defensive line. But like I mentioned uh, on Thursday, there was no reason to go ahead if you're the Raiders and pick him up because who are you going to remove? Who are you going to release in order to pick him up when he hadn't done anything? He hasn't done anything more than the guys that are there now, so there's no reason for that. Now the Dolphins, it makes sense because, well, they're in a 100% total rebuild, total tank, whatever you want to call it. I don't really like to say tank because I think that professional football players want to win games, but they are in 100% rebuild mode. Whatever you want to call it, that's what they're in. They've already shipped off everybody off that roster, and now they're just bringing in some bodies so they can field the team. So Taco Charlton is now a member of the Miami Dolphins. On to the news that a lot of people People want to talk about and that's the trade the potential trade for Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously the Jags were in action last night they played against the Tennessee Titans and I believe that's the last game for Jacksonville I believe that's the last game for Jalen Ramsey in a Jaguars jersey I do believe and this is just a gut feeling I don't know I have a gut feeling that the Raiders are going to be the ones that make the trade for Jalen Ramsey I believe he'll be a member of the silver and black and if he is because he played last night he will not be available for the Raiders on Sunday versus the Vikings he will not be available available according to NFL rules you're only allowed to play in one game per week if you're a player so Jalen Ramsey would not be eligible to play on Sunday with the Raiders but I do think that they're going to acquire him 
today. Sometime today. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this, depending on what time you're listening to this, he might already be a member of the Silver and Black. And I just really do. It's not me just putting on my, my Silver and Black glasses and just trying to fanboy out and think that he's going to be a, a member of the Raiders because I want to see him there. I just am kind of putting the tea leaves together. I really am. Uh, there's reports out there that there's an AFC team that has already offered a, a, a one and a player. I believe that that one is the Raiders one, or not the Raiders one, the Bears one, and Garyon Conley. I believe that that's what it is. Uh, I do another podcast. I, I do it with my buddy Joe Arrigo from uh, Vegas, and he put it out on, what, Wednesday night that uh, he had been hearing that the Raiders had offered up Garyon Conley and a one. I'm not going to say that I 100% say that that's fact, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was. And I'm not mad at that if it is. I'm not mad at it at all. I would definitely give up Garyon Conley and a one for Jalen Ramsey just because he's that dude. He's that dude. He'll make everyone around him that much better. Put that kind of that confidence in him. You know, almost that that arrogance type confidence. You know, it's just when you think that you're when you know when there's guys that you run with that are really, really good and they're that next level and they're like the best at what they do. It kind of gives you the confidence to feel like you're the best. Right. Or at least it does for me. I, I just I just kind of think that when you're around excellence, it just makes you that much better because you don't want to be the weak link. Also, not only that, but Lee Mayock. And look, I can't, you know, you can't really read into what the daughter of the GM is uh, doing or putting out on social media. But I told you on Thursday what she had put out about being in the Jaguars facility. No, okay, Wednesday. Let me. I'm getting my timelines wrong. Wednesday, she had put out a tweet about being in the Jaguars facility and uh, looking at their spa water. And I talked about that on Thursday's show. Well, Thursday morning, she put out another tweet saying, Jim was crowded with overachievers early this morning, so we called an audible. And then she said, uh, hashtag Duval, hashtag bridges of friendship, hashtag running, hashtag Thursday night football. So I'm looking at it like this. Jim was crowded with overachievers. What gym is she talking about that was crowded with overachievers, except for maybe the Jaguars facility? I'm just saying, Mike Mayock is clearly there. So he's willing and dealing. And the reason why I think he's there, and this is just me spitballing, Raider Nation. This is not factual. This is not uh, any insider information. This is just me spitballing. The reason why Mike Mayock would be there, in my opinion, is not only to work out the trade, but also to work out a contract extension immediately. Because I think that's the only way to do this. If you're going to make this deal for Jalen Ramsey, you need to not only trade for him, but you need to sign him to a contract extension immediately. That's why I believe that he would be there in Jacksonville trying to work with him, trying to get this worked out, hammered out right now. And again, Lee Mayock is there in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. I don't know what else reason she'd be there if she wasn't there with her dad. Now, she might, hey, who knows? Maybe she's dating a Jaguar. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking way too far into it. But it just seems like the, it, it's way too coincidental for me. So I think sometime today, and depending on what time you're, you're hearing this, it might already be done. I feel like uh, going into the weekend, a lot of Raider Nation is going to be celebrating that Jalen Ramsey is a Raider. Coming up in segment number two. Going to be talking about the game on Sunday. Jalen Ramsey won't be playing in it regardless. I guarantee that. He won't be playing in it then. It'll probably be Trayvon Mullen time, Daryl Worley time, and that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. But we're going to talk in segment number two about the game, what my expectations are, how the Raiders can go in there and get a dub. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. But before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about my bookie. My bookie is fast, it's easy, they pay when you win, and let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I would not tell you to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're betting on football this season, do it with my bookie. Did you know, and this is crazy, man, I still, even though I tell you about this all the time, it still blows my mind, that you can actually bet on games after the kickoff. If by second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Again, I feel like that's just throwing away money, or that's just throwing money your way. 
but nothing wrong with that, right? You'll take that money, put that in your pocket. And of course, if you're someone who likes a lot of money, you like to bet a little and win a lot, then try a parlay. All your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. So it's all good. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is always the best time of year to do it. You can join my bookie right now and they'll double your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Again, mybookie.ag, log on today, start your account. They'll double your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. Segment number two is coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are locked on Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, September 20th, 2019. Want to get into some keys to the game. How can the Raiders go into Minnesota? How can they go into that hostile environment and pick up a dub? That's what I'm going to talk about right now. I'm going to talk about the offensive side of the ball, talk about the defensive side of the ball, what the plan has to be to go ahead and pick up a victory and move to 2-1 and one on the season. Again, it's going to be hostile environment. Minnesota, that Viking stadium that does not play, there, there's no joke, you know, that, that that dome is is loud. The crowd is going to be amped up. They're going to be fired up. Uh, they're one-on-one on the season, so of course they're going to want to pick up their second win. So it's going to be a lot for the Raiders to, to make it happen. And, and who knows, they might not be 100% when they get there on Sunday. And it's a 10 a.m. West Coast start. I've never been a fan of the big... Of, Never been a fan of those 10 a.m. West Coast starts. It always seemed like the Raiders never get off to good starts and never really play well in those games, especially in the first half of the game. And, you know, I know over the past couple of years they've kind of gotten away from that and they've done a lot better at those 10 a.m. starts. But still, it's got to be in the back of your mind that they're not really that good of a team at 10 a.m. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing because as of late, the Raiders have been getting off to really good starts and they can't finish. Maybe the Raiders will just be able to hang around early and then come on strong in the second half. Not too sure. Obviously, you want the team to put together four good quarters. You don't want them to play one good half ever because playing like that will get you beat every time, right? Well, I'm just throwing that out there just because, you know, they haven't been that good in the first quarters, in the first half when they uh, when they have a 10 a.m. start. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, switch up their fortunes. But either way, let's get down to the game. Let's talk about what they're going to have to do to come away with a W. First and foremost, let's talk about offense. And Richie Incognito comes back. He takes over that left guard position. Still don't know about the health of Trent Brown. Don't know if he's going to be there on the right tackle position. But for the most part, getting Richie Incognito back is a huge boost. Huge, huge boost. Again, uh, the backups did pretty well at the guard positions. And obviously, uh, Denzel Goods going to still be in there for the right guard position until Gabe Jackson gets back. But I'll tell you, man, they did a pretty decent job. But you're dealing with a different animal when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. They got dudes that can get after the quarterback. I mean, I'm talking Everson Griffin. He's coming off the edge. Daniil Hunter, he's coming off the edge. They got uh, Linville Joseph. He's coming off the edge. I mean, or no, he's a defensive tackle, actually. Uh, they got they got dudes. You know, the linebacker position. They got Anthony Barr, and I know that he really didn't practice on Thursday, but what does that mean? You know, he's a dude. He can actually get after it in a major way. Another linebacker that could do big things. Eric Kendricks, he's a stud. I mean, they got dudes on every level of the defense. You got to find a way to stop Everson Griffin. You got to find a way to stop Daniil Hunter. You got to find a way to stop Linville Joseph. You really, really do. And Joseph is coming off that D tackle position. So that's, that's where a guy like Richie Incognito could really help out being that interior guy. You know, being a, a, a left guard, he can really help out in a major way. But that right guard position is going to be tested. It's going to be tested, and these guys are going to have to really try to step up to the, to the plate because they, I mean, again, they have dudes 
on the defensive side of the ball. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the offensive line. So they're really going to have to stand up in a major way. And uh, hopefully Richie Incognito is feeling a lot better. Uh, he he has, hasn't played since 2017. So hopefully he's rested. Hopefully he's ready to go. And he can bring a little bit of nasty to that Raiders offensive line because they're going to need that. And not only are they going to need that to protect Derek Carr and allow him to be able to throw the ball around the yard, but they're also going to need it so they can open up the, the run game. Last week, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones, the running back, he went over 100 yards. The Raiders need 100-plus yards on the ground. I think they need 100-plus yards on the ground from Josh Jacobs. I know he's a little bit banged up, but I would like to see Josh Jacobs get his first 100-yard rushing game of his career. He really, really needs to. He almost was there uh, last week against Kansas City. Ended up with 99 yards, but he got it on 12 carries and one uh, 51-yarder, which really aided his numbers. But uh, he needs to, to be able to get 100-plus yards. He really does need to get 100-plus yards. I would also like to see DeAndre Washington sprinkled in there a little bit. But again, not only do I want to see Josh Jacobs do damage from the running back position, I want to see him catching passes out of the backfield. I don't care if it's check downs or if it's actually design plays. You know, if you have him run a route or two, have him run a wheel route, have him do a couple, a slant, have him do a couple different r- routes because he can run those. I just want to see Josh Jacobs more involved offensively. Yes, I know he can carry the rock, and yes, I know he can block. He can do all that good stuff, but get him in the pass game. Open things up. Greg Olson talked on Thursday and said that they need to open things up more for Josh Jacobs. They know that. We know that as fans. Derek Carr, I'm sure, knows that. He talked about it. You heard it on Thursday's episode. He talked about everything Josh Jacobs could do. You've got to let him do it. Now, again, I know he's a little banged up. I know he's not really feeling that well, but you got to go. Go, go, go. I mean, he's the kind of dude that wants to get after it anyway. You got to be able to feed that guy. He could be an ultimate weapon for you if you continue to feed him. The other thing you got to do while you're on the offense is Darren Waller. He's been a weapon for you so far. He's been a mismatch nightmare through two games. Really, nobody's found a way to slow him down. He has seven catches one game, six catches the other game. What he needs to do, John Gruden that is, needs to find a way to mismatch him, get him in a mismatch nightmare with some of these studs on the defensive side of the ball for the Minnesota Vikings and use him. Exploit that matchup. Just test them. You got to test them to see if they can run with him. Now, they got a guy that just is basically the dude that covers tight ends. Like He's the guy that's supposed to cover tight ends but Darren Waller in my opinion is not your average tight end he's a very athletic dude he can make a lot of things happen so test him test to see if Minnesota is able to keep up with them if so if they are able to keep up with them then boy you got Tyrell Williams he should have some one-on-one coverage then you have other guys that should have some one-on-one coverage I mean you have options you just got to go ahead and take advantage of those options. Tyrell Williams is going to be there. I think Hunter Renfro is going to have another good game. You could use him for possession. You're not going to use him to stretch the field, but Hunter Renfro can get you know four or five targets a game. He got eight targets against the Chiefs. That might be a little bit more than they need to target him, but you give him four or five good targets, he's going to catch the ball four or five good times. Yes, he needs to strengthen himself up. I get it. He needs to hit the weight room a little bit more, but he's going to be fine. He's a really good, in my opinion, number three wide receiver right now. I know a lot of people think that he's not a number three yet. I think he is. I think he's better than Seth Roberts. (laughs) I know that's not saying a lot, but I do think he's better than Seth Roberts. So offensively, the offensive line has to be really, really good. They have to be on their A game, one, to protect Derek Carr, give him an opportunity to throw the ball. Also, it has to open up some holes in the run game. Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Rashard, whatever combination you do, you got to go over 100 yards. I would like to see Jacobs get it, but either way, you got to go over 100 yards of rushing, and you need to get Jacobs involved in the passing game. If you snap the ball 70 times offensively and Josh Jacobs carries a rock 20 and catches another five passes, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Absolutely fine with the outcome of that because I believe it would be positive. 
Now, obviously, you want to know about the defense, right? You got to flip the ball over and think about the defense. You got to find a way to stop the Minnesota Vikings. And when it starts, where it starts with the Minnesota Vikings is the run game. Dalvin Cook is a guy. As long as he's out there and he's healthy, he is an absolute stud. So it's got to start there. It's got to stop with the run defense. And look, the Raiders have been really, really good against the run so far in 2019. The Chiefs only had 31 yards total rushing. And look, they got Shady McCoy and they got Damian Williams. And they only came away with 31 yards. Now, they did come away with 433 yards passing, but I get that. I totally get that. But I still believe that the run defense for the Raiders is really a lot better than it has been in previous years. Also, they did really good against Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman on week one against the Denver Broncos. So if they can find a way to bottle up Dalvin Cook, I always talk about, you know, stay in your lanes and, and, and keep, the, keep the edge, set the edge, and get everything back to the middle of the, the field and get it back into those, those big uglies in the middle, the defensive tackles. That's fine. That's exactly what you got to do. But either way, I don't care if they try to get outside. I don't care what they do. But the Raiders have to find a way to slow down Dalvin Cook. As Dalvin Cook goes, the Minnesota Vikings absolutely go. If they can slow him down, make Kirk Cousins beat you. Make Kirk Cousins beat you. And I'm not trying to disrespect Kirk Cousins. I think he's a really good quarterback. But if it's one-dimensional, if he's the only guy that has an opportunity to beat you, I like the chances. I would like the Raiders' chances on that. Yes, they have Stephon Diggs. He's a hell of a wide receiver. Adam Thielen, hell of a wide receiver. Both those guys run really, really good routes. But again, if you make Kirk Cousins throw the ball 35 times, even push 40 times, I think you have a great chance to win that game. You've got to get back there. You've got to stop the run. It all starts with Dalvin Cook slowing that dude down. If you can slow that dude down, you can slow down that Minnesota Vikings offense. It hasn't got off to a very good start so far this season. You don't want to be the team that they get right against. Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times the very first week of the season. 10 times and they won the game against the Falcons and, and, and beat them pretty convincingly. So don't be that team. Don't be the team that gets ran all over and make Kirk Cousins have a, a very minimal day and still come away with a big dub. You don't want to do that. You want to make Kirk Cousins beat you. And one way to throw him off his game, he's not going to sit there and run around and, and keep plays alive with his feet. He's not fleet of foot. He's not that dude. If you can get a guy like Mad Max Crosby, I think he picks up his first sack of the season. I just feel it that he's been so close. I still don't like that, that penalty, that personal foul that he got against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes still had the ball in his hand. And yeah, I don't care if Max Crosby came down on him with his body weight that's fine the ball was still in his hand when Max Crosby made official or initial uh, contact with him so in my opinion he's free game he really is and look Patrick Mahomes is going to try to get after it anyway right if you try to gently bring him down guess what he's going to do he's going to shake out of that tackle and get on down the field that's what he's going to do that's why I don't like it when they try to protect the quarterback so stinking much but yet Derek Carr got his uh, his ankle dove at, brought him down, and of course there was no flag. Nobody even looked Derek Carr's way. And I, I'm not begging for flags. I'm just saying, if you're going to call it, call it both ways. If you're not going to call it both ways, don't call it at all. Defensively, it's really, really simple as far as I'm concerned. Stop Dalvin Cook. Do not let Cook get cooking. If he starts cooking, if he's like Chef Curry behind that three-point line, then all of a sudden the Raiders are going to be in trouble. It's going to be a long, stinking day. If they can slow him down, really slow him down. Keep him around maybe 50 yards in the game, 50, 55 yards in the game. If he reaches 100 yards, the Raiders are in trouble. He's got to stay under 100 yards. The Raiders got to go over 100 yards offensively, and they got to keep Dalvin Cook under 100 yards, preferably around 50 to 60 yards. I know that that might be asking a lot, but if you can keep him around that, then the Raiders are cooking with grease. They got that opportunity to pick up that dub. So uh, I'm excited about their opportunity because I do think that their run defense is really good. Now, one other element of the game, we don't talk about it a lot, is special teams. Dwayne Harris, in my opinion, is not going to play. Trevor Davis was just picked up. He ain't been on the roster but a second. 
So is he going to be a guy back there trying to return kicks? Is he going to be a guy back there trying to return punts? I mean, it's pretty simple. It's not simple. It's not a simple. There's nothing in the NFL that's simple. But that's what you do. So is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be available? My, my initial thought is probably not. It's probably going to have to be a guy like Jalen Richard or, or like John Gruden said on Monday, maybe Hunter Renfro. If one of those two guys got to do it, I don't expect to see a whole lot in the, in the return game. I, I expect to see Hunter Renfro go back there and maybe just fair catch it. You know, just make sure he holds on to it because he has really good hands. But Jalen Richard always scares the mess out of me because of his ball security. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the special teams unit looks like because Dwayne Harris has done a pretty good job of giving the Raiders good field position on kickoff returns and on, on punt returns. So I want to see how that is affected by Dwayne Harris most likely not being out there on Sunday. That could be an element of the game that really hurts. A.J. Cole, I know he was banged up on, uh, on Sunday when he played against the Chiefs, but he still kicked the ball. He needs to continue to kick, and he needs to continue to kick at a high level. And then Daniel Carlson, the kicker, who used to be a Minnesota Viking, he was a fifth-round draft pick by the Vikings just a year ago. After a couple games and a couple missed kicks, Mike Zimmer, the head coach, he cut him. The Raiders picked him up, and he's been money ever since. So maybe he goes back to Minnesota, kicks a game-winner for the Raiders. Wouldn't that be epic? That would be awesome. Not saying that's going to happen, but he's got to be nails as well and not, uh, not get too hyped up and not do, get too fired up because he's facing his former team. You know, sometimes you, you, you're facing your ex and you want to prove to your ex that, well, they were wrong. <laughs> you don't want him to get too juiced up, too amped up behind that. Uh, yeah, that's really how I see the game going, man. The Raiders got to do what they do offensively, but defensively, where it's going to be most importantly, they got to stop Dalvin Cook. Slow him down as much as possible. You slow him down, you give yourself a puncher's chance. You don't slow him down, you're gonna get. it's going to be like Mike Tyson back in the day when it was just a knockout early in the fight, where if you blink, you might miss it. Coming up in segment number three, your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. There's thoughts on the game on Sunday. There's thoughts on Jalen Ramsey. There's thoughts about just the Raiders' schedule in general. There's a whole lot of thoughts coming up in segment number three of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you, fellas, about... Blue Chew, you guessed it. Blue Chew is the way that you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Fellas, everyone wants that, right? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's going to work. And you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. As I'm talking to you right now, I could actually pop in a, a Blue Chew, boop, and just chew it up. Now, I don't know why I do that at the radio station. That wouldn't make any sense, but... I'm just saying, I could if I wanted to. And not only that, it's not just for guys that can't perform. It's guys who want to perform and have that extra function and go an extra few rounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to just tap out after one round. You want to go three, four, five rounds? Yeah, Blue Chew can help you do that as well. So they're prescribed online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And right now... Special deal for all Locked On Raider podcast listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping and handling. Again, BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And obviously, we thank you for being a sponsor of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number three and your calls is coming up next. You are Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Final segment of today's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is Friday, preparing for the game on Sunday versus the Minnesota Vikings. Going to be an early game, going to be excited about that. But right now, let's get into some calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Eric in the 209, calling to try to calm all of Raider Nation down, telling them don't freak out by the loss to KC. Here he is, Eric in the 209. Hey Q, this is Eric in the 209, giving you a call. It's Thursday, about 1.15 here in California. Just wanted to share some thoughts. Man, I, I don't think we should freak out. I've heard a lot of people freaking out about this game against Kansas City, and I was at first, too. But look what Kansas City did to Jacksonville. They completely just made them look like they had no defense. Jacksonville turned around and goes into Houston last week, holds them to under 200 yards passing, holds DeAndre Hopkins to 40 yards total. Like... Man, they're just a great team, and we cannot, as much as it hurts me to say it, we cannot judge ourselves or compare ourselves to them right now. They make your they make your good or even average teams look bad. They're just that good right now. And it hate, I hate to have to say it, but, you know, that's just, it is what it is right now. Like I said, Thursday about 1.15, I know I heard that, Jacksonville's not planning on trading Jalen Ramsey until tomorrow, so I'm hoping that by this time tomorrow, Jalen Ramsey is an Oakland Raider. That'll help bolster up our secondary, help us get those coverage sacks, and maybe, just maybe, push us forward and help us, you know, secure a couple more victories, especially on this long road trip that we got coming up. You know, uh, just wanted to share my thoughts, share my feelings on that. Eric, 209, out. I mean, you bring up the best point about Kansas City, man. They're really, really stinking good. They absolutely are, and I'm with you, man. I hope Jalen Ramsey is a Raider later on today for sure. I have a gut feeling that he's going to be, but again, that's just my gut feeling. doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but I sure do hope he is. I think that'll be a great way to get into the weekend for all of Raider Nation. Next call, Hillbilly Raider, calling to share his thoughts on Ramsey and the potential of the Raiders going out and getting him. He also speaks on the number one wide receiver position. Here he is, Hillbilly Raider. Raider Nation, Q, Billy Raider here. Um, quick call, just you already know my thoughts on Jalen Ramsey. Just go ahead and do what you got to do. I don't think we've had a uh, high-caliber cornerback. Yeah, Charles Woodson, uh, you know, wasn't technically a cornerback either. So I, I don't think we've had that in quite some time. Definitely not from what I recall since I'm young uh, for it. But, um, dude, I, I feel like we're going to get him. I know everyone keeps saying the top – Three are Eagles, Seahawks, and actually the Chiefs. Um, but uh, I just feel like we'll get them. I don't. I don't see any other team vying for them the same way. But um, let's go ahead and put that uh, AB money we got to good use. Um, and then as far as getting that number one receiver, I do believe in Tyrell Williams. I think we'll just keep seeing it. But uh, I do believe in him, especially with his work ethic. But uh, come draft time, this upcoming draft is a strong draft for receivers and secondary. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, get all that locked down. But uh, I know uh, we didn't have the best luck with the Bama receiver, but Jerry Judy, he might be on that board for us. And uh, since the uh, whole trade happened with, uh, you know, with the piece of uh, we had uh, all that happen, um, I started thinking Jerry Judy right away. Because they're saying he's like the next, the next 
coming. There hasn't been this good of a receiver coming out in a while. Um, and usually when they actually do give praise to receivers coming out, it's usually not too too far off. So, yeah, Jerry Judy is what I was uh, already thinking if we're going all the way to fast track to the draft. But, you know, we got a whole season to go on. And then as far as um, any Raiders, you know, getting down on anything – Maybe it's because I'm so used to us losing, but I always try and find the, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic person in my life. So I always try and find the good in everything. And, um, you know, I, I just look, you know, I wasn't surprised we lost, but it's always disappointing when you see a team start out as strong as we did. So, um, but still, it's one of the games we we're supposed to lose, but I do think we could have, you know, we could have won if we had the offense. But regardless, anyway, go Billy Raider, out. I like that. All aboard with Ramsey. And yes, he would be the best defensive back the Raiders have had since Charles Woodson the first time. When Charles Woodson came back to the second time, he was a better player, all-around player, but he was a better defensive back, more athletic, more just locked down when he was there the first time before he went to Green Bay. But when he went to Green Bay, he really, and he says this himself, he learned how to be an NFL player, how to be a pro. That's why he had the longevity in his career that he absolutely did. But uh, I understand completely where you're coming from. And yeah, Williams is good. And I know he, I guess, has the potential to be a number one. I just, I don't look at him as a number one. A couple people have hit me up and said, Q, it's early, man. Give him a shot. So I will. I'll absolutely give him a shot. But I, I just don't know if he's a number one. He's a number one for the Raiders right now. I just don't know if he's a number one in the long term. And I'm not even ready to even start talking about the draft yet just because, again, man, the Raiders are only one and one on the season. Uh, I believe that they're going to have a positive season. I think it's going to be a fun season. So I don't think it's one of these seasons where we need to start looking at the draft already. So I'm not even going to get into that. Next call, George. Jordan from Oregon calling in to talk about the Raiders' schedule, and he breaks it down quite a bit. I mean, I'm talking game to game. He tries to explain it a little, and then has a little question that he asked me as well. Here he is, Jordan from Oregon. Hey, Q, Jordan, Oregon. Hey, just wanted to give a call, and uh, I know there's been a lot of talk of the Raiders' schedule lately, and it kind of got me doing a little bit of research of my own just to check in on, you know, the su- success of of what uh, teams have had that have endured this sort of tough schedule, and um, I will say it got me jumping ahead doing a little bit of the schedule game, which is usually I wait till I break the season into quarters and wait till at least four games to really evaluate the team. But um, with all that being said, I kind of, you know, with where we're at being one and one, um, you know, uh, beating a, a, a competition like the Broncos and then, you know, getting kind of outmatched against the Chiefs, I find that the team's, you know, somewhere right in between. If this was a math equation, and, you know, we beat the Broncos um, is, you know, as is, is good as we did. And then we were to lose to, to the Chiefs. And you just look at it, at, you know, from an unbiased standpoint, it, it would put our team somewhere right in the middle of the pack. With all that being said, I decided to try to take an unbiased approach to the schedule game. And looking ahead, this is kind of what I've came up with. And honestly, I'm pretty stoked about it. The final end of the season, I think, is going to end out pretty well. Um, just a quick glance at my predictions and – um, if you don't air this call to you, I totally understand. Uh, more or less just wanted to kind of give my feedback to you and, and see if maybe ha- somehow you could chime in and, and uh, do the same game yourself. But the, I'm looking at it as, a, as this week, it'd be tough for us to go into Minnesota and, and beat that D. Looking at a loss there. Um, but the Colts, I think we're going to come back, rebound, and I think we're going to beat the Colts. I, I think we get one of those games. Um, you know, so that's going to put us at 500 again two and two after those two. Then I'm looking at Chicago after seeing what Denver did with Chicago. Uh, I actually think we're going to beat the Bears. I think it's going to be an emotional game. 
I'm a lot of motion behind Mac, and I think they're going to come up with a plan to shut him down and make sure he is not a factor in London. I think we're going to be 3-2 and two after that. I think we lose to the Packers. I think we lose a close game to the Texans, putting us at 3-4 and four at this point. But then this is when the schedule gets fun, and I think the Silver and Black go on a little bit of a run. I think we beat the Lions. I think we beat the Chargers, and I think we beat the Bengals. And if that's the case, that's going to put us above 500 with five games to play, I believe, and, and we're setting really good at that point. We we, we do uh, travel to the Jets. Um, that could be a toss-up, honestly. We never have played real good on the East Coast. But then I think the true test for our season is going to be when we play the Chiefs the second time, and then we finish off with the Titans, Jaguars, and Chargers, and Broncos. And so, again, Q, uh, this is kind of more I wanted just you to hear this. If it ends up on the show, that would be great, but – um, I just, I'm kind of curious of what your breakdown is. All right, you broke it down game to game, so I'm going to go through it real quickly because uh, you were pretty detailed about yours, but I'm going to go through it kind of quickly. And look, I can see the Raiders losing this week to the Vikings. I can see that, absolutely. First game on the road in 2019, I can see that. I can see them bouncing back and beating the Colts, though. I can see them beating the Bears in London. be the first time that they get a dub in London. I don't believe in that Bears offense, and I don't think that the defense is quite as good without Vic Fangio. You know, they got Chuck Pagano as their defensive coordinator now. Fangio is now the head coach in Denver, and I don't think he's going to do a very good job there as the head man. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, but I I just think the Bears are a little suspect right now. Their offense has not been that great. Matt Nagy, who was an offensive genius in 2018, doesn't really look like he's that genius right now, and I still don't buy-in to Mitchell Trubisky. So there's still a question mark around there. I can see the Raiders getting their first victory in London and then going to the bye at 3-2. and two. I see them losing to Green Bay when they head up there. And again, this is just right now. A lot could change in between now and then. So if they lose to Green Bay, okay. Lose to Houston. That's back-to-back losses. But then I see them bouncing back, beating the Lions, beating the Chargers, taking down the Bengals, and knocking off the Jets. Now you're on a four-game win streak right there. Then lose to KC because the game is in KC. I, I just don't I just don't see them getting that one yet. Then they bounce back and head back home. They beat the Titans at home. They whoop the Jags with Jalen Ramsey having a big day for Oakland and kind of laughing at his former team. And then lose to the Chargers. I think they're going to split with the Chargers this week. And then lose to the, or not this week, but this year. And then lose to the Broncos in Denver in the cold. Derek Carr normally doesn't perform well in the cold. Cold. Maybe that's something he can get over the hump with and get that dub this uh, this year. I don't know. But overall, I could totally see them ending nine and seven if it shakes out the way I just said it. They'll end up 9-7. and seven. I can see that. I can see it going other ways as well. And, and again, there's a lot of time between now and then. But if we're just spitballing, talking about the schedule, talking about based off what we've seen with the Raiders team through two games, I can see them being 9-7. and seven. You know, but, but again, there's a lot of time between now and then. Hell, we got to see what they do this week against Minnesota. But that's a great call, Jordan. I definitely appreciate the way you break that down. And you know what? Maybe back at the, at the bye, maybe we could look at it again and, and move forward and say, okay, this is, this is our updated, our thoughts on the schedule. So uh, thank you again for that call. Appreciate it. Next up, Zane from South Carolina calling to speak on Derek Carr and how much he could throw the ball down the field, something he wants Raider Nation to keep an eye out on. Here he is, Zane from South Carolina. Hey, what's going on, Q? Uh, it's Zane from South Carolina. Uh, I just wanted to call, and um, this isn't like one of those. I'm not I, basically. I wanted to call about Derek Carr. Um, I'm not calling to, you know, be angry at him or do anything like that. Um, there's just some things I just want to have Raider Nation, you know, keep an eye on this coming game. Um, one of those things is have, like throwing it deep, basically. Like how 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 much is he able to like? throw the ball down the field, basically. Um, you know, he was able to do it some against the Broncos. Um, the big problem was during the Chiefs game, 
He had to do it. He absolutely had to do it to try and get us back into that game, but he didn't do it. There were, like, times he could have done it. John Gruden himself said that they had plays designed to go deep, but the ball just didn't get there. So that's we got. I'm keeping an eye on on that. Um, that's going to be big, and not just big on winning that game. It's going to be big on Carr's development because this whole Carr's whole take what they give me kind of deal. It's not going to work. It just doesn't. It's not going to work. That's not going to you know win us a lot of games. And as much as we like to pound the ball, and that's great, but if you don't pound the ball over and over and over again, just do a play action, that'll get you six yards. That's not, that's that's stupid. So, the way I see it, Carr's got a, that's, that's a big thing this season. That deep ball, can you get back to it? Um, can John Gruden get it out of him? And I hope he can, because when the game was on the line, he didn't do it. So is he going to do it when the game's not on the line? That's that's the question for me. Um, all right. Thanks, Hugh. Okay, you want to see more deep balls from D.C. Says the Raiders won't win games without it. Got to have it. And is it in Derek Carr to pull the trigger? And I think it really is. I really think it is. I just don't think that he always has the opportunity. But then the other thing, the other side of that is, also John Gruden's offense is to get the ball to your hands quickly and get those yak yards. That's what he does. He's going to take some shots. And I know before the season he talked about taking shots to A.B. and Tyrell Williams. Well, now he only has got Tyrell Williams. Uh, Darren Waller's not a guy that you're going to be throwing the ball deep to, but you can get some good eight- or nine-yard routes out of him, and then, boom, some yak yards afterwards. So, uh, again, I don't think you should get frustrated by the, the, the distance that the ball travels. I think you just need to see as long as they maintain possession and they continue to go. That's just what John Gruden does. That's a John Gruden offense. That's what – you signed up for when you signed him up. You know what I mean? It's not a it's not an Andy Reid offense. I know everyone sees the deep ball from Andy Reid and says, man, that's what the Raiders need to do. The personnel in Kansas City and the personnel in Oakland are two different ball games. The guy that's drawing up the plays in Kansas City and the guy drawing up the plays in Oakland are two different cats. Not saying that Gruden's not a good one. I like Gruden a lot. I like him as a head coach, and I know some people think that that's my fault, that uh, you know they don't like Gruden as much. I, I hear a lot of slander to John Gruden. That's fine. All I know is the last time that the Raiders were a really good team, you know who was pulling the trigger? John Gruden. That was the last time. And, and don't tell me Bill Callahan because that was John Gruden's squad as well. Uh, let's just wait and see. It's been two games into the second season of him returning. I think things will be fine. But, again, uh, only time will tell, right? All right, got a couple more calls for you. 707-654-4693. T3 Raider Facts His five quick hits of the day. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day. Number one, I want to take a moment to congratulate Lincoln Kennedy for being included as a semifinalist for the 2020 class for the NFL Hall of Fame. Now, there are other Raiders who have been waiting a long time to get in, but it was good to see this one happen. Number two, now this is not a paid advertisement, but I want to encourage everyone that if you really want to get a taste of Vegas and enjoy a Raider game this season, make plans to go to Crazy Horse 3. It's a top Vegas party destination. They offer $20 beer buckets and serve tailgate fare throughout all the other games. Fans will enjoy plenty of football action on the venue's massive 70-inch and 100-inch high-def televisions with live surround sound. Uh, There is one drawback, however. You'll need to get a sitter for the kids. Number three, if John Gruden hates traveling as much as he claims to, then he might want to think about going on IR for the next few weeks of the season, and that's because this team will be flying more miles this year than any other team in the NFL. The Raiders will be traveling a total of 
32,023 miles in 2019, which is more than the Bills, Giants, and Jets combined. The Raiders are the only team in the NFL this year that will travel more than 30,000 miles, which is probably going to come as horrible news to Gruden, who admitted last year that he gets claustrophobic in planes and has been known to suffer from vertigo after periods of extensive traveling. Hey, I think it's time to call John Madden. Number four, a lot's been said about Carl Joseph. Now, this is his fourth season with the team since being drafted. If you go back to 2007 and look at Raiders' first-round draft picks, only one, Darren McFadden from 2008, has lasted longer than four years with the Raiders. Very interesting. Number five, okay, here's my prediction for week three. A couple of days ago on the Facebook page, I think the Raiders get their first interception of the year against Minnesota, but I think mistakes and big plays will be the team's undoing this week. I think they can hang around and keep the score fairly close, but in the end, I think the Vikings come away with a 28-14 victory. Now, I've been right on the first two games, so I hope I end up having to give this one back, and nothing would make me happier than to call in on Monday and say, I was wrong. All right, Raider Nation, go back and watch or watch again Super Bowl XI before the game on Sunday when the Raiders just dominated the Vikings from beginning to end. Let's hope and let's just win. Bring the passion because passion always outlives fashion. (laughs) T3, man, you lost me at Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse 3, that's all you had to say, man. That used to be one of my hot spots, but not that spot. In San Francisco, Crazy Horse, I don't know if it had a number or not, but it was right there on Market Street. That was my hot spot. So everything after that, I didn't even hear, man. But a good call as always. I definitely appreciate that. Final call of the show. Raider Rob from PJ, Pennsylvania, calling to talk about the super negative talk he's heard since the loss to KC on Sunday. He's trying to bring it back in perspective. Here he is, Raider Rob in Pennsylvania. Q, Raider Rob from PJ's Pennsylvania. Just had to give a quick call and tell you actually how surprised I am with the negative talk this week after uh, the loss to Kansas City. We just got to take a step back, I think, and relax and think where we were last year at this time. I mean, it's all something special. I'm going to use something special the term uh, quite a few times in this call. Last year, we didn't even know we were going to be playing in Oakland. We could have been playing in a college stadium, but we got one more year lease with them. That's something special. Our free agents this year, I mean, Incognito, Burfitt, Joyner, and other than Pisshead Brown, I mean, we've hit on all of them. Uh, Trent Brown, we've hit on them. Then you... Uh, talk about the draft class. It looks like we hit on five or six good picks. That's something special. Look how many subscribers you've had since last, uh, end of last football season. Thousands and thousands. And you've made this, uh, the off season something very special that especially people out of town, out of the market, uh, get to listen to you. You just don't realize, uh, what you do for people like us. Um, this is like liquid gold. And just to be so negative after one loss against the Chiefs, and just I was a little bit thrown off this week with your with the uh, callers. And if you want to break down the Chiefs game, I, I looked at a couple stats. They ran 66 plays for like five over 500 yards, 43 four, 433 passing, and only 31 rushing. They averaged 1.4 yards a rush. And I'm telling you, I mean, last year we had the worst rush defense, so that's something very positive. Um, you know, everybody says it takes like six or seven plays to make a difference between a win and loss in the NFL. Their four touchdown passes in the second quarter were 44, 42, 27, and 39 yards. And those first two touchdown passes 
I'd say they were breakdowns in the defense, and, uh, you know, what can you do? They were blunders. Uh, the third touchdown pass, we had great coverage. It was just a great catch. I can't remember who the defender was, but his arm was actually on the guy's chest in between the ball. And the Kelsey's touchdown, uh, what's-his-name was on him. You know, it was just a good play. Great call, my man. And there's been some negative talk on the podcast, but I think a lot of people see the the negative. I mean, the positives as well. I, I really do. I, of course, the initial, when you see the game and you're seeing the way that Kansas City's slanging the rock around there and 28 points in the second quarter, I mean, y- you have to just about not be human if you're not going to be negative on that. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people realize that the, the Raiders are not on the same uh, class level. They're not on the same, same playing field as the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Are they trying to build towards that? Absolutely. Would picking up Jalen Ramsey help them? Absolutely. Because they need to have speed. They need to have that swagger. They need to have that kind of guy that can lock down someone that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I mean? They just, they got to be able to, sometimes you just got to be able to compete athlete for athlete. And right now, the, the Raiders can't do that. And at some point, I believe that they will. It's just they're not there right now. And right now, this is Kansas City's time to shine. But the Raiders will be there. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of you know, negativity floating around. But again, that's just coming off a loss. I think once they get back on the field on Sunday and, and you kind of rinse, that, rinse away that, that nasty taste, I think everything would be just fine. So thank you so much for that call, Rob. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, T3, appreciate you. Zane, appreciate you. Jordan, appreciate you. Hillbilly Raider and Eric, definitely appreciate you. And appreciate everyone else who hits up the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line as well at 707-654-4693. Real quick before I go, man, I got to tell this story. On Thursday, I was, at, I was doing my radio show for ESPN Central Texas, and we were at a Cadillac dealership. And if you know me, and if you've ever heard me talk, I love me some Cadillacs. I love me some Escalades. It's my mama's fault, Mama Q's fault. She, uh, she got an Escalade way back in the day, and I've been in love with Escalades ever since. So anyway, we're at a Cadillac dealership, and you know I, I know damn well that I don't need to be trying to buy no Escalade. I don't. I, I have no business trying to buy no new car. But either way, when you get at a dealership, especially I was there for three hours, Three hours doing my radio show. I just kept eyeing this one. It was black. It was, it was beautiful. I even took a picture of it. I took two pictures of it and sent it to Mama Q and was like, man, look at this. I'm, this is my kryptonite right here. You know, so I kept like teasing that I was going to go test drive it and I was going to try to buy it. And so many things I kept doing. No joke. No joke, Raider Nation. Finally, at the end of the show, I said, you know what? I'm going to test drive it. I'm going to take it to the, to the wife's uh, job and see what she says. And I was, I was, I mean, no lie. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it to her job and see what she says. If she gets mad at me, I'll bring it back to the dealership. If she doesn't, she doesn't blink, then maybe, you know, maybe I'll make some magic happen. Man, I go over to the sales lady who was listening to the show the whole time and heard me talking about this Escalade the whole time. I've been, I was eyeing it for all three hours. Man, I talk to her and say, hey, by the way, how much is that Escalade and, and what do I got to do to test drive it? And she said, oh, that one right there? And I said, yeah. Oh, that one's sold. Are you serious? She said that one was sold. I said, I've been eyeing this car for the last three hours and it's sold. She said, yeah. I said, man, I've been disrespecting. I, I felt like I was disrespecting someone like a, a, another man's wife. Like I felt like I was staring at another man's wife. Now. You know what I mean? I was like, so you let me stand up here for three hours and stare at that thing. That's almost like looking at another man's wife or going to the club and dancing with another man's wife and like bumping up all on her, rubbing up all on the booty and everything, thinking she's single. I just completely disrespected that car. And I was too. I had my hands on the windows. I was looking inside everything. I mean, I was sold. I was absolutely 100% sold. It's my mom's fault. It's my mom's fault. Mom, it's your fault. Mama, it's your fault. Absolutely your fault. Either way, I was sold. And so, yeah, I, I ended the show very heartbroken. 
<laughs> I, I swear I was very, very heartbroken. I could go back and, and pull the show and just play the audio for it because I actually talked about it on the radio that what just happened and how I found out about the car being already sold. But I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This thing was sitting here this whole time and I was staring at it. I was staring at another man's wife. That's just disrespectful. God, that was disrespectful. But anyway, I'm over it now. I mean, not really. <laughs> you can still hear the pain in my voice. But anyway, that's enough for me. Uh, that's enough for this week. Uh, hopefully everything goes well on uh, on Sunday, the game against the Vikings. Hopefully, Raider Nation, we hear some good news today about a new defensive back going to be in the secondary for the Silver and Black named Jalen Ramsey. Hopefully that shakes out. And uh, we'll talk about it if it does. Maybe I'll have – I don't know if I – I might do an emergency show. If Jalen Ramsey gets traded today, I might do an emergency show. Emergency show. Emergency. <laughs> emergency show on Saturday if, if, if that's the case. I got a lot to do this weekend, but it's all good. Got uh, high school football tonight. Got college football tomorrow. And then I got uh, to go to the Cowboy game on uh, Sunday and cover that. So uh, I'm all over the place, but it's all good. If Jalen Ramsey is does become a member of the Raiders sometime today, then you'll hear from me on Saturday. I'll do a show on Saturday, so look out for that. All right. Until then, Raider Nation, either Saturday or Monday, as always, just win, baby.